The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Amy, that's Lisa, and we're just two girls that want to have a conversation with you. Dear 16-year-old Andrea. Hey, gorgeous. Dear younger Lauren. Each episode is stories from people. I would deprive myself, weigh myself obsessively. Because I was eating healthy, I couldn't understand that I had a problem with food. Losing my period scared me the most. My story starts when I was around seven. That's when I started to hate my body. Body image is like our inner picture of our outer self. Healthy behaviors play a much bigger role in our health than the actual number on the scales. Internal dialogue can be so powerful and often it's super negative and critical in a way that we wouldn't talk to other people that we care about. When you start to share your story, that gives other people the courage to share theirs. I know you would be proud now of how far you have come in your relationship to food, exercise, and to yourself. I felt freedom. I've gained relationships. I've found my true sense of self-worth. There's one thing I need you to take away from this. You're going to be okay. Welcome back, Outway fam. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving break. I hope you had a restorative time with your family and you got to eat nourishing food and really did your best to just be present in a time when it is so, so, so loud and noisy. If you're listening to this episode a few days after Thanksgiving and you're still in that mindset of, oh, I need to compensate because I ate so much, I need you to halt. I need you to know that you deserve food always. I need you to know that overeating is normal and the best thing that you can do for your health 
health, physical and mental, is to just breathe, take it day by day and continue to listen to your body, maybe adding in nourishing foods instead of thinking about what you can restrict or take away, maybe asking your body what type of movement it's craving rather than making it go really hard. Whatever it is, it's your new chance to do something brand new. So this episode coming up is really awesome. We have my friend Tana. Tana is a guest who is still in the middle of her healing and she comes on and so bravely tells her story. And I really think that that just deserves an applause because I feel like all over social media, we hear about, oh, well, I used to do this. I used to do this. For somebody to be in it and say, I'm not fully there yet and I'm not sure which direction to even go yet and still tell their story is brave. That's true bravery. And And it really shows a level of commitment and willingness to want to get better because now it's out there. You're out of that denial phase. And Tana is somebody who has a really big YouTube platform and interestingly enough, felt the societal pressures via YouTube to look a certain way on camera. And it's interesting because, you know, YouTube is this camera that you turn on yourself. And just to kind of learn about the ins and outs of social media and the various ways that it can impact our body image and the things that we do is really interesting to me. Anyway, wanted to give a little content warning here that Tana does share methods to achieve weight loss and she gets specific to certain drugs that were used, calories that were consumed. And Amy and I never want to tell somebody what they shouldn't say. So we let people speak freely. And if we feel that that needs a content warning for the listener, you, we're going to put it right here. So if any of that feels triggering to you in a way where you may use what you hear in a way that's not in your best interest, perhaps this episode is a skip for you or it's an I'll listen later on. Whatever it is, we just want to make sure that we're protecting you at all costs. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Tana. Welcome back to another episode of Outweigh. Today we are joined by my friend Tana, and you can find her on Instagram at Tana Montana 100. Same thing on YouTube. And Tana's super interesting because she's a YouTube star herself, but also an editor. And she's going to come on today and talk a little bit about the pressures of social media and the journey that she's been on herself. So without putting too many words in your mouth, welcome. We're so excited to see you. I'm very excited to be here actually Lisa thank you I was really excited when I saw your post about the podcast uh, because I'd been kind of wanting to tell my story and I hadn't before so I feel like this was like following you on Instagram a few years ago and then now today just like everything's kind of like shifting and moving and it came to the right place yeah I put out a lead from my audience to hear if anybody wanted to tell their story about having disordered eating or an eating disorder who didn't occupy what society would consider an eating disorder. And you came to me and said, well, I'm still on this journey, actually. And I think that's an important part to mention because I think we're all on our journeys. But Amy's very candid on our podcast about being, you know, in the weeds and out of the weeds and so forth and being joined by people who are not like, yeah, I made it to the other side and everything's great. But being like, hey, I'm still going through it, but I'm going to show up and tell my story anyway. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah. So as I was thinking back about my story, it's like so many things come up. But I guess if you want to start when I was probably like maybe even like 12 years old, 
old Reading 17 magazine, I always remember seeing like the workout section in there and every girl had like this flat stomach and everyone was thin and I wasn't like an overweight kid or anything like that. I was pretty normal. I did marching band and color guard and I was just, you know, average. I was always a little taller. So I was kind of like just bigger than a lot of people. So that was like my first kind of when I remember feeling like, okay, I need to lose weight or I need to change. And then as I got a little older, I started YouTube in 2009. um, And I did like a lot of beauty and fashion videos. And then I kind of transitioned into DIY. And as my following got bigger around 2015 is when I made the move to LA. And that was kind of the thing that you did when you were on YouTube and things were going well. I'm originally from Arizona. So it wasn't like a huge drastic change for me. So LA is kind of like the perfect fit. And when I got to LA, I moved in with a couple of roommates and they were both like thin girls, kind of like the naturally thin girls that you see. And I didn't feel like, I don't know, I I felt like on YouTube, I never had people commenting or anything saying like, you need to lose weight, you're fat or anything like that. It was always coming from my own brain. Like no one in person has ever said anything to me. No one online ever said anything to me. This was all just like me looking at other people and thinking maybe I should look more like that. So it was, I moved to LA in 2015, like near in, in August. And then when I moved in with the girls, I was kind of thinking in the back of my mind, like, hmm, maybe like it's going to be good to live with thin people because then I'll be able to kind of like take their habits and learn how they eat, learn how they live. Like it's like this secret club of like, okay, let's see what these thin people do to be thin. One of the girls too, she was, she was very short. She was like four foot nine, weighed like close to a hundred pounds. So like, and what she told me that she did was she ate 800 calories a day. So I was like, okay, like, great. I'll, I'll try that. I counted calories and tried to count calories. I did like Weight Watchers, just random, those random diets before, but I never like strictly counted calories. So I decided it was like January of 2016. And I was like, okay, I'm starting this. I want to do better on YouTube. And if I'm thinner, I'll do better. (laughs) This all sounds like it's so I never spoke about this like out loud. But yeah, so I was like, if I'm thinner, I'll do better. I'll make more money. I'll people will like me more, yada, yada, yada. So I started like meticulously counting calories and I looked back through my notes because I always write everything down in my notepad. I would write the day and I would write the calories that I burned and I pulled up one of the, one of the old ones. This is what a typical day looked like for me eating 800 calories. So this was, this was actually August, uh, 2016. So on August 29th, I burned 800 calories. For breakfast, I had 230 calories worth of oatmeal. Then I had two Lunchables, which were both 260 calories. And then I had a Popsicle for 35 calories. <laughs> and this was a total of 785 calories. And this was like perfect day. Like you, I would look at that day and I'd be like, Thank, like, yes, I'm so happy. Like, this is great. Like, you're doing great perfect. Like I look, I'd look at my notes before I went to bed and I'd be like, okay, 785, you burned 800. You're like in the clear. They, people always talk about how those calorie counters on gym machines aren't, aren't accurate, but I was like, okay, well, if you eat 735 and you burn 800, you're good. Like you're golden. (laughs) And obviously over time counting calories, it gets hard. Like you get hungry. Like I'm five, eight. And when I started counting calories, I was 205 pounds. And as I counted calories, like I would wake up in the morning, I'd weigh myself first thing every single day. And I would record that weight too. And I remember like every day I would lose like a pound, a a half a pound, two pounds, it would fluctuate. So it would just depend on like how good I was, like how close to 800 I got. But after a while, I got told about Adderall. So I don't want to say like, 
because I don't blame anyone for me getting on Adderall or anything like that. It was just, I, I was introduced to it. It was like one of those kind of like miracle things. This is going to help you not be hungry and you're going to be able to increase like your workout performance. You're going to, you're just going to be able to just have so much energy, so much things to do. You're also going to be able to like work afterwards. So I went to a doctor that was recommended by my friend who she got her Adderall from. She coached me beforehand on how to like what to say in order to get the Adderall. I needed to say that I was kind of like struggling to make my YouTube videos. I was home all day and I was kind of just, it just wasn't working. Like in, in high school, I even, I even told him that I took Adderall in college for a little bit. Like I was prescribed. So I was like basically lying to this doctor to get Adderall. But I was like, I need to play this perfectly. So I like practiced with her on what to say. And like, I was ready. I was going to go to the doctor, get my Adderall and I got it. So I paid like $500 for this doctor visit from this doctor in like Santa Monica. And it was, it's actually interesting too, because the doctor, I feel like he knew and, and obviously there was other people that went to him like this in the same way, kind of saying the same thing, I'm sure. And he was just kind of so relaxed about prescribing it, didn't do any like checks, didn't call my other doctor, anything like that. It was just kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I mean, if you want to, what he said one time when I walked out of the office, he's like, just let me know if like you're, if you feel like your heart's like going to stop. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like. Well, that's a warning sign. <laughs> well, and two, I'll just pop in here, having had experience with Adderall and using it for weight loss. I want you to share a little bit with how you felt on it. Also share, how did you feel on 785 calories? And how did you feel on Adderall? For me personally, I felt awful. And I was fed a lie that I was going to have so much energy and feel great. And some days, yeah, in the beginning, I did. Then I needed a higher dose. Then I needed more to feel it. Then I would feel the crash and come down. And the the effects it was having on me as a person were crazy, but I didn't want to let go of it because it was something I was dependent upon. And I too went to a doctor that I knew would give it to me. And I do have ADD. So I felt like I had that in my corner. I've tested positive actually for ADHD, but I was going to see some shady doctor, like even the people in the waiting room, I was like, where am I right now? But I was like, got to get my drugs. And it it's street speed basically. And for him to bring up, yeah, if your heart's feeling a little funky, I mean, that like Lisa said, huge red flag, scary. So before anybody's getting any crazy ideas that, oh, well, that's all I got to do. No, 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 Mm -hmm. no, no. We're not, we're sharing with you our stories. We're not endorsing this behavior. And I feel like you may have similar experience to me after you were on it. So let's talk about how you were feeling on such few calories. And then let's talk about how you were feeling using Adderall. So when I was eating the 800 calories or when that was my goal, I, I didn't care what it was that I ate. So it could be snacks. It could be like my safe foods. Like a lot of my safe foods, like popcorn, low calorie popsicles, low calorie ice cream, rice and chicken. So I, obviously, like you said, like at the beginning, I felt I felt okay. I was like, okay, I can do this. Like short term, great. You feel fine. Like, but after a while, I I was hungry. My entire mind was consumed with thoughts about food all the time. Whether I could go out to a place to like order food, I had to check the menu, I had to check the calories, all that. So I just felt like every thought was about whether I could eat this food, whether this food was okay, what it was it going to take me into a binge 
or I don't know. It was just every kind of every, and I, and I also didn't know at the time that other people didn't think like this. Like I kind of thought everyone always thought about food, always thought about what they could eat. Cause like, I don't know. I just, it just became everything. So at first, yeah, I felt, I felt okay. But then after a while, like it, I just was always hungry. And so that's where the Adderall came in. When I started taking the Adderall, like you said, it was amazing. My first day taking it, I still remember I took 10 milligrams and I was just like, this is how I could do it. This is how I could lose the weight. Like, I'm so happy I found this. This is like the best thing ever in the world. And then probably after a few months of taking it every day, like I started taking 10 and then I didn't really have any like weird side effects or crashes at the beginning. But then when I got to 20 milligrams, the the thing is like the extended, like taking Adderall for an extended period of time, the way that you feel, it's like nothing. It, It messes with your brain. It's like nothing you could even imagine. Like you can't even explain how you feel do you have like the greatest highs the worst extremely terrible lows like but you come back for the highs right like you have to take the pill to get the high back is that correct I'm I'm asking as someone who's never taken Adderall definitely I kind of didn't even let it get to the low points because it would always be I'd be ready for my next dose you know Uh like maybe I'd wake up a little earlier to be like okay I gotta take my Adderall early and then I then I'd even take NyQuil at night to to sleep because I would still kind of like be on the high of it and over time yeah maybe I would even in the morning take the half and then later take another half you learn just different ways to kind of like balance it out over your day to have like the perfect day of like no lows so that's where obviously like the NyQuil came in at night because you would still be like your heart rate would be elevated um, and you like wouldn't be able to sleep when I'm even thinking about it I don't even know what that person was who that person was how I was even functioning especially getting off of Adderall that's probably like the worst experience I ever had in my life and then I had to get off Adderall with like the help of a therapist like I was not able to do it on my own I didn't want to quit I never wanted to stop I was like I have to and <laughs> I just it's weird because I, I'm talking about it right now I'm like I really sound like a drug addict <laughs> I didn't feel like that it felt it didn't, it just didn't feel like that at the time. Well, I mean, it was a prescription pill. It was prescribed by a doctor. Your friends and those around you were doing it and it was facilitating you to work. So it's very different than many drugs that may a, be illegal. Like it's a legal drug. You got it prescribed from a doctor. And then I think the critical part that really makes it different from any other drug that I know of is that it makes you quote unquote better at your work not worse, right? So it's how do you move away from that? And I'm so thankful that you're talking about this because there are so many women that do that. And just to kind of illustrate, and then Amy, jump in. I see you have something to say. When you're on 800 calories, like at, you I mean, you're 5'8", so just for some some reference there, but nobody can live on an 800 calorie diet, not even like a toddler, you know? So with that, you have to remember, audience, that food is energy. So if you're not going to give yourself food, you're not going to have energy. And when you get to the point where you're afraid to eat more, but you need energy to do your job, and then you latch onto a drug and then the drug, you know, makes your heart beat really fast. But then that's not good when you need to go to sleep. So you latch onto another drug, whether it's, again, a NyQuil, seemingly uh, innocent over the counter. Thank you. Yeah. Seemingly innocent. And then in the morning you, you're groggy because you took the NyQuil. And that also has symptoms that involve, I know, from personal use, depression and even suicidal thoughts for if you take it consistently, then you need the drug again. So, yes, it is addiction. There's nothing to be ashamed about. And I think shining light and I never expected us to go here in that way, at least so quickly. But I'm so glad we did. Thank you for sharing your story to recognize that addiction looks 
looks a lot like a lot of different things. And it's oftentimes normalized with certain drugs, especially in the pursuit of be thin. If anybody's listening right now going through this, I feel like there could be if it's one person that is hearing this that popped their Adderall this morning. And again, everybody is on a different journey, you may be taking it for something completely different. If you are taking it to avoid eating, to have more energy to exercise and to lose weight, that is improper use of the drug. And then there's a big debate on whether or not people should be taking it anyway. But uh, we won't won't get into that. We won't get into that. So but I'm speaking to you as a person that also has attention deficit disorder, even I would get praised at work for focusing more. And oh, I love when because I was vocal that I was taking something I was never vocal that I was taking it for weight loss. Of course not. I was vocal that I was taking it for my ADD. And I would get, you know, praise that, oh, you're, you're so focused. I love when you're on this. I can, you're not over there doodling, you're paying attention. And so then it's even harder to let go, especially when you're, you're using it as a thing that also doubles as attention and weight loss. But at what cost? One thing real quick for our listeners, if you stop listening here and you're like, I'm going to quit Adderall, like Tana said, she worked with her therapist, her mental health professional or her physician. And we'll put a free hotline in the show notes as well for anybody that says, okay, this is me. I want to get help. Make sure you do it the right way because withdrawal is real and dangerous. So work with a health professional and do it the right way. When you're in something like this, you have to wait at what cost? At what cost do I want to achieve this LA body or whatever it is? And I guess speak to that. Speak to the, how did you, with the help of the therapist, let's now talk a little bit to some of your recovery and that journey and what it looked like and your relationship with your roommates or who you were hanging out with, the types of people you were surrounding yourself with. Because I I have a friend that just moved here from LA not too long ago. And she talked about the pressures there were insane. It could be in any circle. We're using LA in this example because that was part of your story. But what did you do to separate yourself from that and realize it was a problem? Yeah. So I got out of LA um, and I actually, I, I kind of always wanted to move to the East Coast, but everyone kind of knows my story about how I moved with a guy to the East Coast. Uh, we moved to New York first, we lived there for a little bit. And now I live in Pennsylvania. So we live in Philadelphia. Um, not with the guy anymore, but his family was kind of, when they heard about the things I was doing, they were the ones that kind of like, were like, okay, that's not right. Like, these aren't things you did. I, I was defending it, obviously. And I was like, no, this is, this is like what you do. Like, you don't understand. You weren't there. You don't know. Like, this is, I'm okay. Like, just, just let me do what I got to do. And the reason I even went to the therapist was in order to get another prescription for Adderall. I wasn't going to get off of it. <laughs> I was actually going just so I was like, cause I, I ran out. I, I needed to get more. I left that doctor in LA. I didn't have any more prescriptions. So I went to this doctor and I guess she noticed the red flags and was like, I'm not going to prescribe you Adderall. And I was, <laughs> I was so sad about it. Like I was so mad. I was like, okay, I got to find another doctor. But this lady, like I'm still actually seeing her now and she is really great being out of that mindset of LA and being around people it's like the images you see it's kind of like I mean even if I was follow I even had to unfollow a lot of the people that I was friends with in LA because I can't look at that every day like that's going into your mind all of those things circling around it's like when I was like presented with these real images of people walking around super thin super beautiful people and so I kind of just cleared out I've always been someone like if there's something that is not like in my life that's not supporting me usually I'm like okay I'm easy to cut it off 
So unfriending people, unfollowing, things that would trigger me. I stopped YouTube, um, which was triggering me too, because I felt like I had to be thin to be on camera. And like I said, no one ever said that, but I just, I looked at people who were successful and I was like, well, they're thin. So, I mean, I guess that's how, why they're successful. (laughs) And obviously it's not true. And it took a long time for me to even believe that that's not true. Um, And I still don't fully believe it, but. I want to interrupt real quick because I hear you keep saying, and and I, and I, I appreciate it, but I want you to know that it's not just the lies in your head. You keep saying, nobody ever said that to me. I, it's just, so no, it, it has been said to us almost like raining down on us without us even knowing it. From the moment we could understand, we know what society expects from us. Your brain didn't make up to be successful. I need to be thin. And just because nobody ever directly said it to you, it is everywhere. Trust me. So it's not your fault. It's not your brain. We have been given that picture. An example of that, Tana, in the email where you told me your story, you told me you were at a YouTube event in L.A. and there was a girl who was friends with a lot of the big YouTube stars. And again, this is your reality. This is the YouTube world that you were engulfed in. And she said to you, wow, you glowed up because you lost the weight. And that's, I believe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but those are the words that get transcribed in our brains as, yes, this this is what they want to see on camera. Keep going and then you will reach the level of fame and get the subscribers and the partnerships. And I don't know, I don't know the YouTube world that well, but I know subscribers are like a big one. Yeah, I mean, you guys are absolutely right. And I kind of didn't even think about that fact. Like I, I kind of took it on as this is me. I don't know, because like I said, how I even started with my like thoughts of weight loss was like reading 17 magazine when I was a kid and looking at like the fitness section or even just reading magazines. I I love to look at magazines. And so yeah, this has been something that's been like pushed on everyone since we were young. And I I see that it's just become so much of like me and how I think and how I view the world that now it's just like I'm thinking like, hmm, that's that's me. But I, I now I'm thinking maybe I should challenge that. Well, I'm personally pissed because you and I have talked on Instagram in your bio just as YouTube editor. So I'm thinking, you know, you're this girl that just edits YouTube videos for whatever. And we start talking a little on email and you're like, oh, no, I have a YouTube channel. I go to your page. You've got over 200,000 subscribers. Better than that, though, you've got great content. And in that same email and in that you just said, like you just stopped YouTubing because you think that 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 you're whatever it is that's holding you back. And I'm personally pissed because I want some some tools from Tana and I'm only learning about you now. And all I see and Amy, I think you'll agree is radiance, like your smile, your soft vibe that you give off um, your open heart. And I want more of it personally. Thank you. If, Seriously, it, thank if you. It, um, I'm joking with you. If and when you're ever ready or want to return to that world, there's a million ways for you to show up in this world and do that. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. 
If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I do want to talk about kind of like you were on YouTube for a long time and you're your audience saw the weight loss. Were they clapping for you? Were they asking how you did it? Were they unknowingly reinforcing some of this? Because you also told me that you never talked about this part with your audience. I, at a point, kind of stopped reading the comments. And I think a lot of like people who are on social media know about how like dangerous and just like triggering that the comments on any social media can be. So I didn't look at the comments, but recently I went back and looked at something someone said, and 
I, I remember people saying like, you look great, like things like that. Like, oh my God, you look, you look awesome. Like think just basic things like that. It was never like, you look so skinny. I mean, maybe on it, maybe on Instagram, I heard that like your like goals, like that sort of thing. But I remember one that I read recently that was an old comment was they said, ever since you lost weight, you become like some kind of different person or like stuck up or something like that. Like, and, and it's easy for us too to even look at one comment and think that like everyone thinks that same thing. So I read that one comment and I'm thinking like, yeah, a lot of people think that probably. So yeah, I mean, maybe people thought that my friends in person in LA, they all were like supportive of it. The only person that like mentioned a, a bad thing about it too was like my YouTube manager at the time. And when she found out I was on Adderall, she was telling me you have to get off that. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not. But at the beginning, even she was like, wow, like you look great. Like, cause people, I just told people I was just exercising and just eating less. Maybe if, maybe if I would have been more like open about what I was doing, but I, obviously I wouldn't be because I knew that it was wrong. <laughs> so I wasn't really going around telling people I was just like, yeah, just exercising, like going to the gym, doing good stuff. Like I just spun it as like a healthy thing. So maybe even that's how I, how it just came across. So no one kind of said anything because people were at, it was kind of at the time when people weren't commenting too much about people's like weight and appearance, you know, like it was kind of becoming more like the taboo it is now where people know like maybe I shouldn't make a comment about like someone losing weight or something like that. Like the whole Adele picture, how like maybe we should just be a little more careful about it. So maybe that's, I also had a younger audience. So too. So maybe that played into it. But YouTube is a bit more like savage than Instagram in the comments. It's a little bit more an anonymity and less personalization. And if people are like, this video sucks, like on Instagram, you don't really get that as much. It's more if pe most people that comment are applauding or clapping or saying something nice, like they know you maybe it's because like YouTube, like you upload once a week or whatever. And Instagram, you're showing up every day. And they, so people know you more. But the comment sections of even the most popular YouTubers that I follow, I, I mean, I can't believe the things that people say. And I guess it is that younger audience that only knows life with a keyboard in front of them and has no accountability for the things that they say. I don't think I would do very well on that platform. And I know Lisa was doing that. And I want to second it to encourage you to, if you have content that you want to put out as a yes. mom of a black daughter who's 13 years old and likes to spend time on YouTube, I love the idea of you being someone she could look mm. up to. That actually means so much to me because my mom's also, my mom's half white. Um, and so growing up like in, in a mixed race kind of world, it's hard to find people that are like you or someone you can identify with, which is kind of the reason I started YouTube in the beginning. Cause I was like, there aren't really many black people here. There aren't many people that look like me. So I want to be someone that's like telling my story from my side because I didn't have anyone telling it at the time, you know? I have this theory that, and I started to think of this when you said that, you know, you had your YouTube going, everything was great. And then you moved to LA and you saw what other people were doing and you thought, oh, if I emulate them, I'll have more. And I think we're all sitting on top of our own secret sauces. Like we've got our own magic, our uniqueness, our own stories, our own skills, our own way to show up in this world that has value. But when we see somebody that has more of whatever we want, whether it's, I don't know, Amy in the radio world or me in the nutrition world or Instagram or Tana, you in the YouTube world, we give up some of our special sauce. We sit on it. We hide it. We lose it in attempts to conform to be like what other people are. And I think it's an important thing to be on the lookout for because we're all subject to it in whatever fields we live in or whatever surroundings we have, because we're, I think we're always going to kind of like reach 
for what other people are doing. But for me personally, the goal is to then like return. Okay, I'm, I'm acting a little not me in efforts to go to a place that I saw someone else go. How can I be more me, even if that means sacrificing some of the gain? So not growing my own Instagram account as fast. You know, that's something that I let go of a long time ago when I realized that the chase didn't bring me fulfillment. Getting more followers was never enough. And I was like, you know what? F it. I'm going to spend my time at home with my family and doing the things. And what I put out in the internet is going to be me. Take it or leave it. And I, I don't know. I just think it's an important lesson that we all need to remember that we bring magic to this world. Don't forget your magic. And Tana, if that's not YouTube for you anymore, whatever. If Amy encouraged you and it is YouTube, I obviously am going to like, I thought I watched this mermaid toast video you did, which I know is old. But I mean, for an old video, it didn't feel old at all, which speaks to your abilities to create videos. And you certainly have talent or skill and a knack at it. Well, Tana, can you, I don't know the mermaid toast. So will you share a little bit about what that is and where we can go find it? <laughs> so the mermaid toast video that is on my YouTube channel. And basically you take uh, a piece of toast and you use cream cheese mixed with spirulina to give it kind of like the blue green mermaidy look. Um, so my thing was always kind of like DIY videos, fun, lighthearted, like happy. I wanted to like help people make their rooms look cute and really in what you got and that I guess maybe too this is part of the journey to me getting back to YouTube like I had to completely like drop it like Lisa said like everything's about like getting back to yourself and like I became so overwhelmed with like so much input and so much coming in that like I just had to be like okay no cut it off like now I'm like slowly coming back to it and trying to figure out how to do it in like a healthy way and how to be myself on there so I mean I, I would love to be on YouTube but every time I think about it I, I go back to like kind of those same thoughts of like okay well I don't know if I should be on camera like my face is gonna look fat I need I need to get surgery first I'm gonna I need to get lip injections I need to look like this so there's just so many things that come up and I I know that like if I go if I just go back and start it's not gonna be like healthy so I'm slowly doing things like being even being on this podcast like to where I can like get my feelings my thoughts and speak in a, maybe a different way so that I can find out a way where I can speak on YouTube and like be my actual self. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd love to get back to it. But it's still a sensitive thing. I guess we talked about in the beginning, like I'm still on the journey of like healing and figuring out how to even eat properly, like how to manage money. Like I'm just like a young girl, like trying to, you know, figure out life. So I don't know. <laughs> Do you mind saying your age? I don't know how old you are. Yeah. I'm 27. Okay, 27. I want to just thank you for sharing your story. I think there's a lot of women, whether they're 18 right now listening to this or 50, they maybe have had to walk away from something for whatever reason it is, but in their heart, that's their passion. And I hear you saying you want to do the YouTube, but you're going to go about it in a proper way that's going to be healthiest for you. And so I didn't know where our conversation was going to go, but I'm pumped that we're, we're in this space for people listening that have something that they know they really want to do. And either they need to take the proper channels to get there, or they just need to know, okay, wait, all this, this negativity I have in my head about, I'm not good enough to do it yet. You'll encourage them to shelf that and 
chase whatever it is because we can empower our listeners. And anytime you get in front of the camera or a microphone, you have the opportunity to empower people to do what they're called to do, what they feel in their heart they want to contribute to this world. And that's, of course, going to change from, you said 2009. So you were like 17 or 16 when you started YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. So on our journeys to figuring out what we want to do, let us be empowered by the pause. Let us not see you taking a break from YouTube as you falling behind. Like F that mentality personally. Like this is you catching your breath so that you can orient and learn what direction you want to go in life, whether that's back to YouTube, whether it's back to YouTube and not doing DIYs or whatever it is. I think that that's super important and I'm really proud of you. And I recently interviewed my friend Bree, who has a really incredible story on my own podcast. But Bree gave me an incredible tip that I think we could all learn from that her therapist gave her, which is when she has a thought such as you, I'm just going to use the one that you just said, which is I can't go back on YouTube because my face is, I think you said, I don't know, you said you need lip fillers. Too fat. I thought you said something like that, but I was like, well, that can't be a true sentence. So uh, maybe she, so, you know, write down that thought, always have paper on you, which I think you do anyway, and throw it across the room and catch yourself, take a few breaths, walk back over to it, read it and read your thought, read the thought that says, I can't go back on YouTube because my, like when you read your, when you throw it, you take a breath, you walk back over, you've gotten space from it. So what happens next? Maybe it's the same thing. But at least you've identified it as a thought versus a reality, right? Our thoughts are not reality, yet our thoughts dictate what we do if we do not pause and say, hey, you're just a thought. And so I don't know. I thought that all of us could kind of benefit from hearing those words in our head, taking a piece of paper, throwing it across the room, breathing, picking it up, reading it and redefining what happens next. I love that. And Lisa's podcast is called The Truthiest Life. In case you heard her mention my podcast, if you want to go check that out, you should. And then Tana, what what about your YouTube is the same as your Instagram? Can you say it all again one more time so people know where to find you? Some of your content from then and then hopefully where to find you <laughs> when you make a return and whatever whatever that looks like. We're here to lift you up and encourage you. So whatever that looks like, just know that hopefully in our community of outweigh people, they're amazing. And we hope that you you feel that wherever you start. And that I'm sure some of them may want to follow you. So just share your info again. Yeah. So you guys can find me at Tana Montana 100 on Instagram and YouTube. And now I'm actually excited to kind of like go through and find the people that follow Outway because ever since I started following Lisa, like just the things she says, the things she stands for, like Instagram is a part of a, of your healing journey. And I've, I've used it like that. And I just think that the best thing you can do is like connect with people who kind of understand you. Like I didn't have to explain myself to either of you and you guys kind of just like already understood you guys have similar experiences. So um, now I'm excited to even like find this new community and see where it goes from there. Thank you for being a source of hope and being honest in your journey and being on your way. I mean, that's oh, on your way. <laughs> um, that's all we, we ever want and ask for. And I'm so honored to now know you face to face and have you join the Outway family. Thank you 
both so much for having me. This is like therapeutic, I feel like for me. So, and hopefully it helps me to, to make any kind of next step in my own journey. Whatever that looks like, we're here for it. Yes, and you're, you're helping other people too so along the way. So hopefully this is therapeutic for listeners as well. Thanks, Tana. Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.